Welcome back to the Girl Move On Podcast. It's me, Shan. Happy Black History, niggas. It's Tiffany. Ooh, she dropped the N-word low. Oh, I wasn't supposed to say. Okay. I mean, People of color, colors of the world, spice up your life. <laughs> but you know what, though? That's a perfect segue because today... We are talking about black women in the workplace, and we're starting <laughs> off with code switching. So if she want to drop that N-word, she can drop it wherever she wants to. I've gotten in trouble for saying it at work, though. I got written up, and I said, I'm not going mean, to sign yeah. this. I know. Like, mm-hmm. I was working with black people, and I said, nigga. I think I said it in the hallway or something, and the boss was like, hey, you can't say that. And I'm like. Was the boss be- black, too? Yes. And I was like, because you're not. Okay, you're a wigger. And oh, that Lord, is, okay. he's very much giving Oreo energy, sleeping with the damn Well, students. that's a whole nother episode, y'all. What does it have to be? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Code switching. All right, code switching. How would what you define is code, code switching, switch? Tiffany? Because I feel like you were just addressing it, so keep it going, sis. Uh, code switching to me is when, and I have said this to uh, my former CEO at my last job, uh, when they tried to have us work diligently and consistently in the midst of a pandemic and I believe George Floyd just passed away and it was a whole big thing and a lot of my coworkers were telling her that, you know, we had a town hall, we had monthly town halls and they were saying, Hey, it's really hard for us. You know, our mental health is shit basically. And mm-hmm. I said, this is where code switching comes into play. And this is a town hall with the entire company. Mm-hmm. And I said that, you know, it's difficult for us to just be in the middle of a pandemic, be black and then be women. There's a lot of things going on. So we have to come to work and act like everything's fine, but when we're off screen, we're drinking, we're sleeping, we're depressed, we're upset, and you can't bring that to work because it's like you're supposed to always be perfect patty at work. And that's why I always feel like it's either you're a threat if you're too confident in yourself or they want to keep you as a pet because it's like, okay, we're filling a quota. She's good, but I want to keep her right here because who am I going to hire to do that job? So I don't ever feel like you can be completely yourself at work. And that's where mm-hmm. you kind of have to code switch, especially if you work with other people of other, um, you know, shades and hues. But I've mostly worked with black people and I found that, you know, I found it a problem as well. So, yeah, that's what it is for me, boo. So you're saying you feel like you have to code switch even with black people? Absolutely. Because I will get called prissy, um, uptight, uh perfect, all types of things, because you're my coworker. You're not my friend. So I'm not coming to work like, oh my God, me and my boyfriend. And like, you have some coworkers that you become close with, but I just feel like there should be a sense of decorum and tact when you go to work. And mm. I'm here to do work. And when I finish what I'm doing, then we maybe have a conversation, but still it's vibes. Like, I don't know if I can trust you because now all of a sudden, if something goes wrong, oh, are you still having that issue with, you know, at home? So those backhanded things have happened to me. So mm-hmm. I am very mindful about who I divulge information to. And you have to have a sense of discernment when you're navigating in the world and in the workplace. Do you think code switching could be a good thing? Uh, yes. And I think code switching as a whole 
is almost a form of protection. Mm. And I think we do it all the time. We don't need doing it at work. We do it with our families. You wouldn't cuss the same way you cuss with me with your mama. Well, I tell my mom, like, please excuse me. <laughs> I'm upset. This is what I got to say. But um, yeah, definitely think that code switching is a form of protection. But then sometimes if you're not mindful, you'll lose yourself in that code switching. And then you don't know who you really are. It's a mm. lot of self-awareness to do code switching correctly. That's how I feel. Please share, Shan. Because I feel yeah. like you just be showing up and being like, hey, bitches, I'm here. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think that I was always that way because I've learned, like you said, you can, I think you refer to it as being a pet, whereas I'm like a pawn in pawn, what they're trying yes. to do. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I think by showing up, and being a hard worker, like, oh, just put your head down and get the job done, mm-hmm. isn't always the best strategy. And so it's I've not. learned to be strategic and network where you need to network, conversate yep. with who you need to conversate with. Mm-hmm. But I think, so when I first hear code switching, I'm thinking of it's going like how you used to talk in the streets versus turning your white voice on and talking at work. Like that that's, was the thing. That's that was the, the thing. Your wife. Of mm-hmm. the code switching. Yep. That's so me. sad. We were taught that proper is white. Oh God. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I even dealt with that growing up, like spending summers in West Virginia and then coming mm-hmm. back to Boston and going to school. They'd be like, why are you talking like that? Cause you just pick up the accent. Exactly. Based yep. on where you are. And mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you're young and impressionable. Yeah. Um, but I think for me in the workplace and I, as we were preparing, I was giving you this example, one of my last jobs being one of the few black women in that office and having the black people say to me like, oh, you have lunch with everybody because they would like strategically have lunch at like a later hour. So it was just the two of them or Mm -hmm. the three of them having lunch together. Whereas I'm like, I'm going to eat when I'm hungry. I don't care who's sitting in the room, Mm -hmm. but also I'm not going to keep myself in the back corner with all the black people. Mm -hmm. You need to make yourself known to everybody, Mm -hmm. talk Mm -hmm. to everybody and the people that are in power and don't expect the one black person that has a little bit of power to to be the one to bring you up. Yes. That's not how it's going to work. Mm -hmm. So I think you have to be strategic. It's unfortunate. Um, that in certain cases and in certain workplaces that you do have to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think that's also part of the reason why I was like ready to move on. Like if you're not happy in a job, you're not being your true self mm-hmm. and that's not where you need to be and where you need to grow. Right. Um, and I'm fortunate now that I'm in a position where I don't feel like I need to code switch. I can be my authentic self. I bring my ideas to the table. I speak up no matter who's in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's a part of professional and personal growth. Right. That's good point. Professional. And I think as you get older, you stop looking for external validation and you're just like, I'm here. I'm trying to do my job. You niggas ain't going to kill me. Let me stop saying that. Y'all ain't going to kill me. <laughs> so, cause you know, we have, we have other audiences now. Uh, y'all ain't going to kill me. So I just got to do what I got to do. And I think when you're younger, you're fitting in, you're going along with the crowd. You don't know how to advocate for yourself, negotiate your terms and conditions before you get mm-hmm. in. So a lot of the positions I know for me that I've taken is out of necessity and less of like learning to grow as a professional. So that is bringing us into ageism and just feeling like at work, 
you're viewed as a certain way because of your age. And I had that, I've had that in a lot of positions where I was promoted to management being young. And most of my, you know, subordinates were twice my age. My mother's like grown. And mm-hmm. they look at you like, you know, girl, you don't know, you're young, da da da. And it's like, you don't have to prove yourself to anybody. It was proving myself to me and being mm-hmm. like, I'm the only person that has to deal with me at the end of the day. So I'm not going to let these people get to me. I'm here to do my job. Hey, this is what we're going to do today. It's never second guessing yourself. Like you show up confident and people believe in you. So Mm -hmm. I had a lot of those relationships with that first job because of believing in myself and then now having people believe in me and we still can connect to this day and, you know, use them for references or they use me as a reference because they're just like, hey, you're one of the best supervisors I had. So I feel like you have to empower and not manage your people. And it doesn't matter how old you are. When people use your age, it's because they have nothing else as grounds against you. So they're like, mm-hmm. oh, well, you're young. You don't know what you're doing. And it's like, no, no, no. You don't know what to do with me, but I'm good. So you better figure it out. Yeah, and I think on top of like, exactly, Mm -hmm. it's, there's been a transition, I think, in the past couple of years that we're the focus now and we're, Mm -hmm. you know, the the top end of these millennials because these younger millennials. That's crazy, Shan. Top end. We are, though. We are. Listen, let me tell you something. 36 is fire, right? I'm just saying. I'm not there yet, but. (laughs) What I'm saying, ma'am, 36 is fire. Thank you, 35-year-old. Like, yes, October, exactly. whatever. Whatever. I'm fresh at 35. Uh, um, but I think now for companies, it's like millennials, we're their target. They're the person mm-hmm. that they want in the room giving that point of view because they're trying to figure out how to market whatever they have mm-hmm. or make sure that they're staying up to date with technology and social media. And we stuff have like the that. buying power. But exactly. Mm-hmm. But that definitely wasn't the case a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And like you said, being judged, being looked at as being too ambitious or, mm-hmm. you know, trying to do too much. And I think as a black woman on top of the ageism, you had to deal with those other two things and the stereotype of being an angry black woman and ambitious Angry oh black woman Woo! saying something with an attitude when like, no, I'm just speaking, sharing facts and you're offended, but that's not my problem. Because our voice doesn't automatically. So I was thinking that <laughs> our voices don't do that. So yeah. the people don't like when you say a steady pace, you know what you're talking mm-hmm. about is a thing. It is yep. a thing. Yeah. And I think that goes back to like advocating for yourself and making mm-hmm. sure you're Aligning yourself with people in power that will also mm-hmm. advocate for you. For you, yep. And making sure that you know your worth and they know your worth. And then don't be bothered by the rest of it. Because right. the majority of the time, it's fear of you outshining them. Whew, come on. Fear of you taking their role. Yeah. And so you got to realize what matters. Absolutely. And who you need to align with. And, and then- it's not always going to be somebody that looks like you. Hello, and not being afraid of anybody because they're older you be older than you because age does not determine maturity. Mm. Because I've realized a lot of the people I've worked with, much, most of them are older than me, and it's like, wait a minute, you just coming into yourself. I'm over here mm-hmm. thriving. You just, and that's not to say anybody's better or worse off, but it's just people have different levels for where they are in life. And again, meeting people where they are and not trying to come to the table like oh, I know everything. 
and, you know, people use your education and, you know, mm-hmm. your, your class in life. And it's like, that has nothing to do with anything right now. I'm coming to you as a human. So respect me as a human. And I've always carried, um, the sentiment into my job, like, Hey, don't worry about how old I am. Don't worry about how I look. Don't like, I don't even care if you like me, but you're going to respect me. And that's mm-hmm. it. Don't get caught up in all those other things. Those can change. But right here, you're going to respect me. And that's it. And that's how I started every position. And, you know, Shane, I always tell you, I tell people I like to fight. But it's really not fighting anybody. It's fighting for me, like fighting for yeah. my space to be here. And I don't like the fact that we always have to have fight in us to stay. Like, why can't we just roll up and be mediocre like a lot of the people we work that's under just- or with? And that's not an option. Yeah. And that's that's that makes me angry sometimes. But all I can do is control myself and what I do. So that's why I'm moving in the world. That's it. Thank you, baby. Thank you. And I think the other thing is just generational standards. Like we say, like having yes. conversations with those older coworkers or maybe your parents, like for them, it was okay to accept that job and keep that job and ride that out until the 30 end. 30 years. Y'all switch jobs every two years. I was on my job for 30 years. I took what okay. I got to get what I want. Hell no. My girl, <laughs> Sorry. Goodbye. Goodbye. Um, But I think now, like we're all just trying to get what we're trying to be. We're trying to mm-hmm. get to the bag. And get there quickly. What's that budget? Until the end. <laughs> What's that budget? <laughs> We're not trying to wait till the end of our our career to get that title and that recognition. We're trying to get there now. Now, so I can um, retire at fifty. <laughs> I'm trying to retire, exactly. baby. I'm yeah. at a crossroads. Do I want to go back to work or do I want to be a housewife? Mm-hmm. Where am I Talk leaning to towards? Me. But uh, yeah. Um. So I think that's that's something to seriously think about and to consider when you're you're networking in the workplace and you're trying to get to where you're trying to be mm-hmm. is knowing who those players are and how you need to show in front of them. Yep. Um, and so that's why I asked you like code switching a good thing, a bad thing, because I feel like it could be a good thing yeah. um, because you have to know how you have to present yourself. People in power, unfortunately, are there. You can't control that, but you can adjust. Mm hmm when you have to, to get where you need to be, as long as I feel like you're not creating a false identity and you're not losing yourself. Big facts. I think that's the key. Big facts, creating a false identity. That's it. Your self-awareness. Do -hmm. you know who you are? Just saying, just saying. I love that, Shani. But yes, please talk about your promotions that you've got because you you are one, you be moving. And I love that for you. I'm usually the one like, actually... I'm on the other end, like, I'm leaving. Well, Listen. no, we'll give you more money. And we'll, no, no, no. No, no, no. So, please. So, like I just said, not losing yourself, but at the same time, we don't leave money on the table. Oh, come on, money. Okay? <laughs> that is my thing. If I'm going to be here, I'm going to be here with self-respect. Yep. But I'm going to be here and I'm going to get paid. So, that is the key. And I think... Like, yeah, honestly, coming out of college, working, I was probably in my that first position for four, five months before I was promoted. And I the think one that's just you? like, or? yeah. Oh, yeah. Just like getting you your foot in the door. Like, <laughs> I've always been that person. Like, I will take something that I know I'm above if I think there's an opportunity to move up. Okay. So being willing to take a lateral step 
or maybe a slight step down if you can afford it, mm-hmm. knowing what your end game is. So yeah. going to Northeastern, I'm about to get this grad school degree for free. So just graduated, but I'm gonna take this admin role, but this is not the end all be all. There's a goal. Right. Sat at that front desk for four or five months, got promoted into a marketing you event did. planning role. I remember that. That's it. So now I'm getting this degree mm-hmm. for free and I'm in a role that is more aligned with what my degree was. Amen. Came to Georgia, did the same thing at Georgia Tech. Even though I had just left a job doing marketing, doing event planning, that's not what they had available. Yeah. I took what they had available. I had a two-month-old child at that point. Moved to Georgia, unemployed and pregnant. So yeah. I'm like, okay, let's find the opportunity. I knew I wanted to stay in the university because it had good benefits and the same thing. Took a job in an administrative role, not what I wanted to do. Within four months, was in helping, started helping, didn't really get the promotion. Somebody left, started helping our marketing team do stuff. And they're like, oh, wait, you really know what you're doing. Hi, look at the black girl having sense. (laughs) Have you not seen my resume? Do you not know who I am? Exactly. The Anderson. Thank you. So yeah, it was four months in, had the opportunity, did what I had to do. And then within that year, got promoted and moved off the front desk. And then you're training the person behind you. I love that. Um, so I think just always being open and having a plan and strategizing your career That's good. That's is good. definitely important. Um, and the same thing, after being there for four and a half years, they tried adding things to my workload, my boss, I was carrying her sometimes and that's an issue not for seeing you. that in my patient. <laughs> yeah. That is a major issue for me because yeah. if I'm gonna do things that are not in my job description and they're in the job description of someone higher than me, but I'm able to do those things and I'm accomplishing mm-hmm. them properly, then I need to be <laughs> compensated I need to be. I for need such some money. Things. Okay. Give me my money. Thank you. Exactly. I don't understand why we can't just go in there and say, give me my money. Run the bag with your hand. But that was pretty much the conversation. It was like, I'm not taking anything else off your plate Mm -hmm. until I see a change in my title, until I see a change in my paycheck. Yeah. Because I'm not just going to keep adding these bullet points to my resume over the Come on, girl. I love writing bullet points during a meeting now. (laughs) like, let me add this because this is what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Um. And you have to set a timeline and you have to be realistic with yourself about what you're going to do when you reach Mm -hmm. the end of your timeline. And for me, it happened. That conversation started in the summer. Mm -hmm. Come fall, I was like, okay, we're still just talking about this. I'm still not going to start doing those job duties because nothing has changed. Um, And then started applying for jobs, got an opportunity. I was like, hey, this is what it is. And it's, they try to run politics, like, oh, well, we can't do that right now. You know, things really just happen at the end of the fiscal year. Okay. Okay, well, here's my notice. And then hey, after bye. you get your notice, you get called to HR, and all of a sudden you have the funds. Where'd I'm the good, money come from? Because now at this point, it's not about the money. You don't respect me. You don't value me. So mm-hmm. I got to go. Bye-bye. And I think you have to hold true to yourself. Have your strategy. Have your plan. And know what you're willing to accept and what you're not willing to accept. And at that point, I'm like, I'm I'm walking away because I'm not going to do it. And you're not going to use me. And that's it. Come on, Magic. Come on, Magic. I'm so proud that's of you. It. 
That was beautiful. That was and a it's great been great. Breakdown. It's been a blessing ever since. I love that for you. I absolutely you. love that for you. Hmm. I, you know, I just fall into things. I try to keep my options open with these jobs. And I've had a run of the gamut of a lot of different jobs. And, you know, being that I majored in criminal justice, then did public administration because I wanted to figure out how to put service and business together. I ended up in quality improvement and working with people with disabilities. And I really loved seeing my work you know, applied every day. Like when my clients were like, thank you so much. We're so happy to have you, Miss Tiffany, all that stuff. It was definitely, I think at one point, ego driven. And then when I went to quality improvement where I'm behind the scenes now, I saw the shit show that it was and how a lot of, there was a lot of abuse of power and people have been in the business for how many years. And I know this and I know that. And I've never been that kind of person is just like, give people what they're due. Mm-hmm. Meant for them, you know, provide an opportunity. And I began to see that that was only happening for a few select people. Hmm. And I honestly can say in the middle, in the beginning of my career, I would definitely just stay to what I knew and the people I knew and figure, you know, put my head down, work, they'll advocate for me. And then I said, oh, that's not the case. Nope. So then when I got, you know, more confident in myself as a woman, as a worker, I was like, you know, guys, I'm going to leave. And then it's the executive position is open. Oh, we'll just give us three months. Oh, we'll give you more money. And it's like, you know what, maybe if this doesn't work out, maybe I'll come back. Or I would negotiate contracting for them. And I was working another job and still contracting for my old job. So, mm-hmm. you know, starting my own LLC just to do the consulting. And it's like, sometimes you have to make your own path and teach people mm-hmm. how to treat you. And that goes to every part of your life, because what if I was just like, yeah, I'll just go with this and not do anything? No, I made a way to stay at my old job to keep that connection and then to still go and try something else. So carving out your own lane, advocating for yourself, I'm a big proponent of that. But this last job really drained the soul out of me. And I realized two years in, it was only a paycheck. And then, yeah. uh, and I was so excited to work with the women I was working with because having a black CEO, having managers that are black women or uh, women that have been in the business for, you you know, you learn a lot, but then you realize you're learning a lot, but they also want to keep you in your position because they're worried about teaching you too much that you'll take their job. And that's mentioned mm-hmm. like, um, oh, you know, you just want to take my job or why do you want to learn this or giving you stuff that I've had in a previous role. And I'm like, I would never say anything, but then I started advocating for myself, like, please don't speak to me like that in a meeting. I'm not your child. Mm-hmm. I um, I won't be doing that because I did that in my last role that's beneath me. And other managers be like, how do you let Tiffany get away with that? And, you know, behind the scenes, there was a whole bunch of different stuff happening. And I was so glad when I left the other job. I mean, I took the risk moving to Texas in the midst of the pandemic because I'm like, well, we ain't going back. And I don't want to go back to that job because it would literally kill me if I go back to that job. Mm. So when they gave me the ultimatum, like, hey, you come in and are you not? I'm like, I'm not. Bye. So after four years, I think that was the best thing that's happened to me in a very long time. And I'm so grateful for it. Yes, things didn't work out the way I want, but I'm really liking this time to just do whatever I want to do focus on the podcast, again, carving out my own lane. And I think that's just something that helps me stay sane 
Mm-hmm. It's carving out my own lane, making sure that I'm happy at what I'm doing, not letting people play me for no damn fool because what's not going to happen is none of these jobs are going to kill me. And I've seen too many people, especially older older people, you know, work so hard and, and get sick. And what's the job going to do? Send some flowers? <laughs> so, um, yeah, Girl. I definitely was like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. So no more jobs out of necessity, but like, this is necessary for my growth. Like it's not Mm -hmm. because I have to pay bills It's because this makes me grow as a person. So that's how we're moving here on forward. Amen. Amen. But yeah, that was, you know, just, um, to go further with that, it's the gatekeeping with those positions. It's the gatekeeping. And I see it amongst my friends, especially the ones that like just tech is a new thing and everybody's getting into it. And there's not many black women in tech, I think it's like 2% or something like that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my friends have been expressing like, Hey, you know, they want to get into it. They want to see what it's about. And I have friends that are in it and I feel like they're gatekeepers. Like they got the job because they knew somebody, but now mm-hmm. it's like, well, I don't think you'll be able to do this. Or it's those kind of conversations like, Hmm, yeah. I, I can't play with you because that crabs in a barrel mentality. You're my friend first. I don't care what you do for a living. When you take that position away, how do I have to deal with you as a woman? And now I see how you are as a woman. So we just, I'm going to let you live. I'm going to let you live in your title and have a good time. But when you turn around and you don't have nobody, it's because you didn't treat people right. And when mm-hmm. you do get people jobs, you shouldn't be like, oh yeah, I got this person this job, telling people their salary, all that kind of stuff. Listen, if we girlfriends and we good, we should be advocating for each other. Hey girl, go check how much this job is. Go do this job. We do. I mm-hmm. do that with my friends now. But I don't see that offered all the time to other people. And it's so sad that people don't have a tribe like that. And when you find the uh, crabs in your tribe, you have to let them go. So I've let that go. But that gatekeeping episode. Yeah, you know, it's just, have you ever encountered people like that, Shan? No, but I can't even say that I've ever looked for, I've ever been in that position to experience that because I'm, Mm. you know me, I'm... Always finding my jobs through LinkedIn and not networking <laughs> on LinkedIn. I'm just refreshing my feed. Yep, that's it. That's <laughs> Hitting right. apply, making myself available and open to opportunities. That's right. Come on, opportunities. Okay. Um, yes, I really I haven't been in that position where I've been looking to anyone um, for guidance, like mm-hmm. professionally. Yeah, I'm always looking for mentorship and I feel like mm-hmm. mentorship can be peer mentorship or it can be someone that's in the position you want. So mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, again, you look for jobs. It's I but I've, I've been lucky enough that I've gotten referrals and things like that, but maybe the position isn't for me. But I appreciate like when I when I invest in someone, you don't it's not always transactional, but mm-hmm. it's just that. I have friends that have been like so supportive during this time when I'm trying to find a new job. And then there's this couple is just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You really and don't you care. know what? Now that I say that I was really thinking because in my mind you were saying that and I'm like, but you know, Tiffany out of us, you're the one that talks to people and I don't be talking to people. Like I love people. I don't care if I haven't spoken to you in like, you know, five, 10 years, something happens. Mm-hmm. I'm a cheer for you, whatever. But when I think about it, like my circle which is not that that big. Like the majority mm-hmm. of people in my circle aren't in fields that I'm in. In, yeah. 
But so, I even like to find out what other people are doing too. Like I just like to call. I be telling y'all be just talking to people what they do and think is great. You do. Yeah, you do. do. You talk to people that I ain't spoke to since we left. I do. So, Shout out to my um, CNs. I love him so much. He's been so helpful. <laughs> and my big sis, Jessica. She's been helpful too. Yeah. So I don't think I've been in that position. I think I've I've had people who with that that black club mentality try to mentor me and I'm not interested because <laughs> the way you move it ain't the way I'm trying to move. Right, um, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, That's another thing. Know, yeah. Yeah. My mentor doesn't necessarily have to look like me. It would be great. Yeah. Um, if they did and had that guidance. But yeah, no, I'm not I'm not looking for anybody to just take me under their wing. It needs to be the right person and I need to see that you're strategic. That's a big well. thing for you. Strategic big, partnerships. It is. Is that on it, the top of your skills? Everything list is strategy. It should That's be. It. I need to update my resume, girl, because we might need to put it to you. You should be but, updating it every week. I'm sorry. Just I mean, <laughs> the things on the to-do list. I know. I know. Um, but yeah, stra- every, yo, life is life to me is a game of strategy. Okay. It's all about strategy. I'm strategic in who I keep in my circle and who I keep out at work and personally. Okay. I'm definitely vibey. It's like, mm, what vibe are we doing today? Like, I've come to the conclusion. I try to plan everything so much that it's like, all right, what's the vibe today? Because I, I can't think about tomorrow. I can't think about yesterday. What is the vibe today? What are we doing? How's this feeling? Do we like this? And I think I've carried that into like, okay, this is what I used to do for work or mm-hmm. for my life. Now, how am I moving forward? Like, do I want to move into another industry do I want to move into another industry? Is it time to pivot? So have you had that thought process because of the pandemic? And well, you've been working from home. I have Definitely. not. I yeah. love this working from home business. <laughs> okay. I love I've been it. Home. I've been home since 2018, but being Ugh. in like marketing and event planning, all I've been doing is industry hopping. I started off in higher ed. When I left higher ed, I went into the automotive industry. When I left the automotive industry, I'm now in financial services. So for me, like what I do doesn't put me in a certain industry because I can do it. But it's marketing in these industries, though. You're still in marketing. Okay, yeah. You get in there, you learn who who your the client or the customer is. So now that's the mindset, but. Mm People are people. People think the same way. So all I'm trying to do is appeal to a certain type of person. I mean, when I was in automotive, the brands that I was working with, two completely different brands. One is yeah. a luxury brand. One is more family, community, country. Like okay. two different things. <laughs> but I had to juggle those literally at the same time. Um, so I'm always industry hopping. I mean, when I was interviewing for jobs, not knowing because I was on contracts with this company at first, not knowing what was going to happen. I was interviewing for all types of industries, but I knew like I started off doing traditional marketing, doing billboards, doing brochures, Mm. doing email campaigns and things like that. And I transitioned to more experiential marketing, doing events and trade shows and things like that. So I think that kind of was my industry switch, but it was more so like events and recruiting when I was in higher ed were always getting thrown on my plate as yeah. the marketing person mm-hmm. because you're marketing to those people that you're yeah. trying to bring at those events. And I was like, mm, I really rather spend all my time doing this than sitting here writing copy, editing copy. Like it was more fun yeah. to plan yeah. the mm-hmm. marketing events. Um, so that was really my transition, but it was more so about 
what brought me joy. I probably could have moved up faster and made more money had I stuck with the traditional side, but that's not what I was trying to do. I wasn't trying to be sitting in a room just looking at numbers all day and analyzing people. Good. So. Yes. Look at you. I love that. Happiness. I never, that, you know, that's the first time I've ever heard you explain it like that. That's nuts. This is why I love doing this because we learn so much about each other. This is why we let y'all into our conversations. Mm-hmm. We just chit chat and like, chit chat. <laughs> I love it. I think with me, like I said, criminal justice, I always wanted to be a lawyer. Then I realized I didn't want to go to law school. Definitely did not pass the psychological to be in the FBI because, duh, if you know me, you know I have no business <laughs> knowing everybody's business. <laughs> oh, God, that was a great time in life. And then, uh, yeah, I liked elements of business. I don't know what I was thinking. I definitely took an accounting class. I would take like business oh. classes as electives. Girl, during- you know I was in that MBA program for like a month. <laughs> After spending all that time studying for the GMAT, taking the GMAT, sat in finance class and an accounting class for like three, four weeks. And I was like, nah, B, this is not, this ain't it. Let me me go back to my marketing world. 8 a.m. during our time Mm -mm. when we were all getting to know each other. Mm -mm. (laughs) And I did very well. That was a great time. My GPA was the highest in (laughs) spring 2007, my my highest GPA. Uh, and I liked elements of business, but I also liked the service. So mm-hmm. my first job out of school was at UNCF. And I really liked doing the program assistant, working with the students. The scholars were amazing, traveling, mm-hmm. getting to yeah, learn DC. It was great. It was a great mm-hmm. time. But um, just leadership. And again, going with the crowd, everybody was leaving. My whole team was leaving like once a month. I'm like, what is going on? I got to go now. So that's when I pivoted into quality services, disability services for adults with disabilities, and it was amazing. I felt like I was really helping and making a difference, but that job was 24 hours and I did not have Mm -hmm. a life at all because they need care, you know, all day, every day. So um, it was a lot of work dealing with every aspect of their life. So then I pivoted to quality improvement in disability services. And I figured this is great. I get to fix things. I love to fix things. I love to organize things, streamline processes. And then I said, wait a minute, I'm up here doing all this good work. And in the meetings, the manager is saying that they did it or they're using Girl. my presentations triggered, and giving triggered. it to someone else. And I'm like, wait a minute, but I did that work. Oh, y'all got me fucked up. So then I had a conversation. Every manager possible. And I'm like, hey, I feel like I am not uh, I'm not in the right place right now. Like, I don't know where else to go. I, this is not working for me. You guys are barely giving us raises, promotions, things like that. Um, the only way you got a promotion is if you left or somebody created mm-hmm. a position for you that didn't make sense. Or um, in my case, I was still in my position and they gave my duties to someone else because I said I wasn't going back to work. So that was fun. And thank God that I am resilient because I understand why people go to work and do things they do. And a lot of people don't make it out of the building. But uh, I'm just saying, I can understand why. But definitely the pandemic, being able to work at home has raised a lot of red flags in the job arena. And just the microaggressions we deal with on a daily basis, like getting ready for work every day was a thing. Like, all right. 
when I first cut my hair, I'm like, can I go to work with my hair cut like this? Can I put parts mm. in my side? Is my white boss going to say something about it? Is this dress too tight? Do I need to put a jacket over the butt? Because, you know, they're going to say something about my butt. Or is my dress too... Like, it, it was too much stuff to mm. worry about on a daily basis. And the fact that I could show up on the Zoom... <laughs> And the just Zoom? on the Zoom. <laughs> the Zoom. The okay. Zoom, yes. And just be me. Don't have to worry about, you know, how I look, what I feel, and just have a conversation. I felt like I was so much more capable of doing mm. my job, and I did my job so much better. So then I realized, well, like, oh, I need oh. to be home. Listen, all y'all pandemic work from home people need to understand that those of us who are working from home before 2020, we were not doing Zoom for every little <laughs> thing. I hate that. I that really irritated the mess out of me. Things that y'all used to be sitting in the office emailing Ugh, me about, okay, or sending me a message on Teams. Now you want it to be a whole meeting and you want to turn your camera on. We weren't turning cameras on. We were sitting there with our little picture, talking to each other if we needed to talk to each other, emailing or calling. Yeah. Everything is a Zoom meeting now, and it is so irritating because I'm trying to multitask, okay? I do not need to look at your face to talk to you. It is not necessary. I'm trying to be on the meeting while I'm at the gym. (laughs) Hello. Y'all need to stop that because I'd be in the carpool line with my laptop on the side. Moving the mouse around. You know? Got the baby moving the mouse. (laughs) So stop it, please. If y'all gonna stay home, we need to go back to the way things were. In a four day work week, face to face meeting. I don't want to see nobody's face. I no. really enjoy not wearing a bra and being home and not having to get my. Nails I still don't put on a bra. You can't see my boobs. Shoot. Um, you gotta mm-hmm. learn how to position your camera, girl. Because I'm coming. I do. You see my camera? I'm good. I know mm-hmm. what to do. Okay, All right. So what bra. do you think? Well, because you haven't been, you've been home. So it's not like, have mm-hmm. you seen any other disparities in your job since 2020 has been around the last two years? Is there anything that's making you be like, all right, maybe I'm going to stay here. Or I'm not. And people are recalling that the great resignation. And I'm interested to see if it's like, what groups are resigning more than others? Definitely the moms are like, I'm out of here. <laughs> but just among Yeah. Them, but yeah. I mean, I think I'm fortunate that I work for a company that is really great and receives awards annually Oh yes, for good. how much they take care of their people. Good. Like, That's important. They're great with diversity. They're great with parents. Like it's parental leave, not maternity leave. Yes. Um, okay. They have benefits for childcare and like elder care. If you got to take care of your patients, like it's a really great place to work. That's amazing. But, um, I think there has kind of been a little bit of a change in terms of like people being in the office, wanting to stay home, but they're even flexible with that. So I think I'm in a good place. I don't plan on leaving unless okay, good I'm to a point where I need to leave. Right. Um, but I'm happy where I am. And I was fortunate. That's good. That you don't hear that a lot, a lot. Working for them on a temporary contract basis since 2018 to working for them as a full-time employee so I could take care of all those great benefits that they have. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think think a lot of people took this time during the pandemic to come up with their thing or actually focus on and launch that thing that they said they were going to launch and 
for me. I'm just trying to keep breathing, y'all. Maybe if these chicks. <laughs> I'm not trying to keep breathing. Listen, y'all know I'm tired. I still ain't figured it out. Okay, these little <laughs> girls, they they are dragging me. They're Shout dragging out me. to the twins, so, maybe. Maybe in a couple of years. I mean, we started this podcast. So I guess that's my pandemic achievement. But no, I didn't start Shane, selling you have no a products. Lot more I didn't stuff. do nothing else. You have a lot you of bitch, I survived. You know? Shit. I survived. I survived. <laughs> I survived working full time with infants into toddlers at home because they just started daycare. So fuck God yeah. Bless. My pandemic yes. accomplishment is I survived. Okay. Yes. Come on, mommy. Um, the pandemic. But yeah, I think a lot of people um, took it as an opportunity and yay for them. But, you know. Not for you. I'm out here living with my one job. Okay. My Good one job, job that pays me. That's right. Other jobs Come, on. Pay me. Come on. Come on. I love it. Yeah. Good. Good for you. <laughs> exactly like your mom right now when you made that face. And it was like, Angie? Um, but yes. Yes. I, I already explained my uh, disparities and how I felt about the job. And I'm mm-hmm. glad to be home and just explore other options. And definitely moving more into media and things like that. I I think I need to talk to people and guide and teach and and just share energy. I can't just be stuck in an office. Like I'm too vibrant to be in an office in a nine to five. Like I need to make my own schedule. I understand myself a lot more in the last two years mm-hmm. and um, moving away from a morning person into an afternoon, into evening, let's do things that feel good. Like that's what I want to do. So definitely doing more things that feel like home, make me feel at peace and happy, and I'm enjoying the time off right now. Um, I wish the bills were a time off, but they're not. So that's always something to figure out. But I'm just like, what if I didn't have bills? What would I do if I didn't have bills and I didn't care what anybody said? Girl, we'd be on the islands at my Airbnb, <laughs> my bed and breakfast. Okay, sipping yes, wine, Shan watching is going the travelers to start come. The bed and breakfast, and I'm, I'm going to here. run everything. Yeah, she's gonna <laughs> talk go. to the people because y'all know. I'll I'm talk to you. Shan will be in the office. Like Shan, we have t- we have guests today. She's like, okay. And I'm gonna say, are they happy? Are they fed? Are the beds clean? Okay, great. Did I they pay? To them. Did but they yes. Pay? So there we go. That's really I'm glad. At the ocean. So yeah, I just feel like being a black woman now is lit. I mean, who else but us? I always say that. Who else but us? And, you know, setting the tone, setting the vibes. And, you know, I'm glad to do this passion project with my fellow black girl. And yeah, I'm happy. I'm really happy right now. Today is a good day. Recording this, today is a good day. How are you feeling, Shane? Amen. It's a good day, y'all. So strategize. Yes. Network with people who Observe. don't Advocate for yourself. Yes, observe. Advocate. Read the room. Read the room. Don't go to work with the attitude. Nobody did anything to you there. And if they did, say something in real time. Don't hold Mm. on to things. HR, you know, check HR because my HR was shit. But, you know, I listen, I'm good for writing down dates and some notes because I have been to equal opportunity on some bosses. So, (laughs) baby, get your resources up. Okay. Any other closing sentiment, Chan? Nah, I didn't. And then you said that. And I just say, follow a conversation up with an email. I always put yes. that shit in writing. Yes, 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 yes. That's how you catch a bitch. Keep receipts. Catch a bitch. <laughs> That's how you catch a bitch. Okay. Keep receipts. That should be on a shirt. That's how you catch a bitch. Keep receipts. I love that. Write it down, y'all. Apparel coming soon. Um, um, 
Black tell girls, them in the meantime, be strong. Be strong. <laughs> we will not have to work under people forever. Nine to five is not for you. Figure out what works. It's for not. You black women find are it. Becoming entrepreneurs at like the highest rate. So yes, we get to the bag, baby. Amen. Get to the bag. Yeah, we need to talk about money. That's and while nice. you're getting to the bag, make sure you like, <laughs> follow, and subscribe. Come on, Queen Girl, Transition Podcast. Follow us on IG at girl mm-hmm. underscore move underscore on underscore podcast. And when we do our little polls on the page, participate and email us. We're going to have emails soon and more engagement and more content. So we're excited to talk to you guys. And thank you, as always, for listening to us talk shit with each other all day. We love you guys. Bye. Bye.